Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase coming to you on wherever you're listening, as well as YouTube. You can watch today's episode as you can watch many of our full episodes at the Locked On Sabres YouTube channel. Uh, following a weekend that was not, not that fun to be a Buffalo sports fan, to say the least. The Bills played into that, probably more so than the Sabres, on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game with no touchdown score that you lost in Jacksonville. Uh, basically was the 2017 playoff game all over again. Uh, I'll be talking plenty about that, I'm sure, throughout the week on the Extra Point Show on WGR in Buffalo. Sabres kind of contributed in their own right, though. They lost, they blew a two-goal lead against Detroit late on Saturday night. So I do want to get into a lot of what happened in that game. And I think the biggest takeaway, the biggest headline from Saturday's game and really going back into the prior game is Rasmus Dahlin. How much do we have to worry at this point about Dahlin not even ascending to becoming that Norris caliber defenseman, but do we have to worry about him being even good? Like he's getting walked every night in his own end. So we'll talk about Dahlin. There's plenty of time to do that and go through the Sabres loss to the Detroit Red Wings at home uh, and also preview tonight's game. So Monday night against the Washington Capitals, seven o'clock puck drop. You got a pretty cool week if you're going to uh, Sabre games uh, later in the week. So tonight is an away game at Washington. Alex Ovechkin off to an incredible start, chasing Gretzky's record. Then Friday night, McDavid's in town. That's all that needs to be said. McDavid's in town on Friday night. And then Saturday night, the Sabres host the Leafs. And there was some border crossing news today that if I have any listeners, and I know I do, I think because on um, the podcast software that we use, they like do geolocation so we could see where our listeners are listening from. And I think like 20 something percent of our listeners on Lockdown Sabres are from Southern Ontario. So uh, for those that are listening from Southern Ontario, the news today was that fully vaccinated Canadians can now cross the land border into Western New York as of today, but a testing requirement remains for Canadians when they return to the country, to their country, to Canada. Um, and who was it? Jamie Fiegel, a U.S. immigration attorney, was on uh, WBEN in Buffalo today. She said uh, she's not hearing any discussion in Canada dropping that requirement. So I don't know how that works mechanically, whether or not you have to get a test while you're here or whether or not if you get tested before you leave Canada and it's within, within 72 hours, then you go back. Because that's, I know, what the, the requirement is for the U.S. to go over to Canada. So um, I don't really know what, if any, is going to be uh, Leaf fans, how many Leaf fans are going to be in the crowd on Saturday night. Because that's really what makes that game special is – the atmosphere and the only way sad to say to get a, a crazy atmosphere in that building nowadays for a Sabre game is when they are playing the Maple Leafs and 50 to 60% of Leaf fans fill the building up and they start going crazy. And then you have uh chance going back and forth. Let's go Buffalo, go Leafs, go um, and get rowdy in there for the Leafs games. But I don't know if we're going to see any Maple Leaf fans in there. 
on Saturday. So that'll be something to watch. I'll try to get more information about the Canadian vaccination requirements uh, for those coming across the border to the U.S. Um, but that's all I know for now. And uh, that's the week. That's the week to come. But before we get into the Red Wings game or even previewing, doing a little quick preview of Sabres and Capitals, how are we all feeling about Jack Eichel four days later? How are we all feeling? I I am more and more, I'm, I'm getting past it. You know, I was not really that, I was, I was pretty angry, pretty angry after the trade happened because of how the last six years have gone. Not necessarily how they did in the trade. I think they did fine in the trade. I think they did as good as they could have done at this point. And I do think that they acquired a couple of building blocks to the next foundation, the next core of this team. I think Peyton Krebs is going to develop into one of those players. I think odds on favorite right now to be their number one center. Like if someone in this organization developed into a legitimate number one center in the NHL, I would believe the odds on favorite to me would be Peyton Krebs over Dylan Cousins, over Casey Middlestat, over anybody else in the organization. I think Krebs is that guy. Isaac Rosen, maybe you could throw in there. He's been a winger overseas, but um, he said he actually told me that he once that he wanted to play. Uh, he wanted to see if he could play center in the NHL. So Krebs is the guy for that. You got him, and Alex Tuck is going to be a part of this organization for three, four years. I don't know if you didn't see his comments, but if you're looking for a pick-me-up as a Buffalo sports fan after the weekend we just had, go to sabers.com, go to WGR550.com, go find the Alex Tuck interview. Alex Tuck talking about growing up a Saber fan, just hearing him run through the names of the 0506 roster and what they meant to him. That that is that's what I needed to hear. That's what that's what a lot of people I think wanted to hear. And also talking about for my uh, personal preference, the red and black jerseys, uh, wanting those to come back. I like that he threw that in. But Tuck, he wants to be here. He's excited to be here. He's thrilled to be here. I have my own bone to pick with that notion that he was. So they sought value in that in its own right. But anyways, he's a good player. He's 25 years old. He's gonna he's under contract for four more years. He is going to be a part of this team for the next four years. And given how happy he is to be here, if they turn things around at any level in the next four years, I think he's a guy that could absolutely sign an extension. So those two guys should be a part of the future. And like we'll see about the picks. You got a late first round pick and you got a second round pick. Probably a 50-50 shot that one of those players develops into an impact NHL player. It might even be lower than that, but probably close to 50-50. Um so you you got two pieces that you could build on. Maybe you'll get a third. And in a miracle uh, situation, you get a fourth if you hit on both the first and the second round pick. But again, probabilities would tell you that that is not very likely at all. Um, can I, and before I get past it, the tuck thing, by the way, if you're wondering, because I'm not sure I've said it on the podcast. I think I've said it on WGR. I don't like that they sought value in someone that wanted to be here. Do you want people to want to be here? Or do you want people that want to win? That's my question. Because Tuck, Tuck gets a pass. It's, it's obvious why Tuck is happy to be here. Because he grew legitimately grew up a Sabre fan. He grew up a couple hours away. He's Western New York. Syracuse considered Western New York. Maybe it's not. Upstate New York, whatever. He grew up a Sabre fan. Grew up next door to Tim Connolly. He gets a pass. But if someone wanted to be here right now, I would question their competitiveness. 
I would question their competitiveness. I would believe if someone right now said, I want to go to the Buffalo Sabres, I'm dying to be a Buffalo Sabre to be, to use Kevin Adams phrasing. I would think, Oh, he's just chasing the money. That's it. He only cares about the money. He doesn't care about winning. How, how could anybody that's not from here, that does not have any ties to the area, how could they think this is a good spot for them to win hockey games? And to me, like, that's a lot of the – maybe Eichel's not getting a lot of um, backlash for that. To me, the, the idea that the Sabres were upset with Eichel because he did not want to go through a rebuild, and they said, we got to get this guy out of our locker room. And – not even locker room, the organization, because I don't think no one, none of the players knew that at the time. It was just management knew that he didn't want to go through a rebuild. He wanted to win, right? Like that's all, that's all it was. He wanted to win. If he, if the Sabres, it's not that he hated Buffalo. I mean, he sent that tribute video out. It, you can question your, his genuineness all you want. I'm not going to. He, he loved Buffalo enough that if they won any of the last six years, he'd still be a Buffalo Sabre and he probably would have been one for life. It took, a historic playoff drought for him to want out. It, it took historic precedence for him to not be here, for him to be traded. I just, and the Sabres seem to shape their in, because Eichel made you think that the reason the Sabres won were so difficult through this whole process with him was they were not happy with him, that they were, they were upset. It, he said it didn't go over well. The, the, when he told them that he didn't want to go through a rebuild and that if that's the route the organization was going to take, that he would rather be traded. To me, if the Sabres then for, shaped their entire offseason plan based on, well, Eichel doesn't want to be here. Let's just go for guys that we want to be here. We're so upset that this great player doesn't want to be a part of our organization. We're going to show him. We're going to show him. We're going to just acquire players that want to be here, and that's it. And we're going to build something great. You should want players that want to win. That's it. And if – if I don't know. Does anything need, more need to be said on it? Maybe I should just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. Um. So I, I'm feeling uh, – I'm past most of that. Despite the fact that I just got into that little rant, I'm past most of it because – Every tweet I see about, hey, Owen Power scored 14 seconds in for Michigan on uh, Saturday night. Hey, um, you know, uh, Devin Levy has got a 945 save percentage. He's the number, he's the best goalie in college hockey going right now. Hey, Eric Portillo has got an 8-2 and record for the Sabres uh, at Michigan. Hey, look at this amazing breakout play that Ryan Johnson had at the University of Michigan. Look at J.J. Paterka's five-on-five possession stats. Look, he's one of the best players in the American Hockey League. Oh, look, Jack Quinn is second in the AHL in goal scored. Look at this play Krebs just had at the Amherst. Every tweet, every clip, every highlight, every game I see of these prospects that are developing in the Sabres organization, it, it makes you think about the future. It automatically makes you forget about what's just happened in the last six years. And it allows you to kind of move forward because they really have finally done the roster surgery that they've been talking about for years. Now they went, you know, times 10 on that because of trading Eichel and Reinhardt this off season uh, and even Ristolainen for that, even though they should have done that five years ago. Um, but they finally did it. And it's, it's easier mentally to move on when you're just, you got young players developing, being thrown in your face every single day. Uh, college hockey, especially right now, the, the big 10 
if you're if you're a Saber fan, like the Big Ten Network is maybe a must uh, right now. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about the Eichel trade, and in part be- because uh, mentally, I mean, in part because he's also not going to be around for a while. Playoff time, we'll see. I probably will revert. Because I think Vegas is a Stanley Cup contender. I think they were maybe a Stanley Cup favorite. And Eichel, I think, is going to step right in and be the best player on that team. So he could be the Conn Smythe winner this season. It could be Ryan O'Reilly 2.0. Maybe I'm getting mad when we uh, cross that bridge then. But um, for now, because he's not on the ice and all we're getting is prospects, 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 uh, then I'm feeling pretty good. All right, we'll take a timeout here. I want to recap Sabres Red Wings. And I do want to talk about Rasmus Dahlin. Um, do we have to construct a, a fear bunker for uh, Rasmus Dahlin? That'll be something to uh, to watch uh, coming up in the next couple of days and weeks because he's getting a lot of criticism right now. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle to find your own quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine over 135 assessments, tests from cooking to coding. Pick the skills the skills that are important to you from the over 135 assessments to get a clear view of your top talent abilities fast. Perfect job candidates looking for you, but until you use Indeed, you're not doing everything you can to look for them. Finding great talent doesn't have to be a second job. You can hire faster and better than ever with Indeed. 73% of all online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month according to Comscore total visits. Get started right now. Use the, Go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit. Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jody Biasi here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Do we need to construct a fear bunker for Rasmus Dahlin? He got walked again. That's two games in a row where he is going too far to the outside and then he tries to wiggle back inside to kind of make up for it and he's got his eyes on the puck. He doesn't have his eyes on the forward's hips and there's the toe drag that goes right through him and by him and into the back of the net. Uh, This time it was Tyler Bertuzzi on Saturday night against the Detroit Red Wings, tying goal, and the Sabres blew a late lead, by the way. Three to one lead with under 10 minutes to go and they blew the lead in part because of that Dahlin goal. Um, and we'll talk about more about that in a second, but I'm just, I am worried. I am worried about Dahlin. I mean, he is at right now, let's see, expected goals for percentage on the season, 44.8%. That is the lowest of his career. And after having a 51% in that metric in his rookie year, 46 in year two, 48 in year three, in part due to a great second half after Ralph Kruger was fired, and then 44% this season. His passing is still there, but there is just such a hesitancy with him. There is no killer instinct. He There was a play after – actually, it was – was it? Oh, no, it wasn't overtime. I think it was the third period after 
the Bertuzzi goal after he got walked, where he started with the puck behind his own net. He skated out with it. He got a head of steam. He's going through the neutral zone, and he's got a head of steam. He's got a lane where he could carry the puck in, but what does he do? He kind of turns around, and he drops the puck back to someone that's behind him. Where is where is the zone entry? Why don't you want to carry the puck yourself? He is so passive. He is too passive. I would like to see more aggression with Dalene with the puck, especially. I think he is much too pass first. He does not have a great shot. I'm not asking him to go in and try to go score goals on his own, but be more aggressive when you're carrying the puck. The Eric Carlson comparisons are going to stop more and more as his career goes on because no longer will it just be, well, Carlson started slow to his career and then he really got going in year two, three, four. Carlson carries the puck through and he's trying to score goals. He's trying to create opportunities down low because of the zone entries, because he is such a head of steam. Darlene, it's like he, he gets past the the, the blue line, the, the, the red line, and he just, he slows up. He slows up because I'm just going to figure it out. There's someone I got to pass to, right? I mean, I need to see him carry the puck in more. And of course, in his own end, that needs to be cleaned up. There's no excuse for that. I would be one to give him the benefit of the doubt. If he was becoming a, a horrible player in his own end, which I still don't think he's a horrible player in his own end. He is just super inconsistent. If, if, if he was giving me these flash moments in the offensive zone, I'd be willing to, to, to give him a break. I'd be willing to argue on his behalf, but they're not coming. He did score. He did score on Saturday night. Good shot. Way to get the puck through. Good heat on it for a wrist shot. Bar in on the right side of the net. But there's no flash plays. There's no turning defensemen inside out. When you, There's no coast-to-coast uh, -coast zone entry plays. There's no. There are some sweet passes that he's making that his teammates are not finishing on. But there's got to be more than that. There's got to be more than that for Rasmus Dahlin. And I, I, the fear bunker is being constructed. I'm not living in it yet. I don't know if anybody. There are probably people that are already living in it. Um, I have not moved in. I have not moved in. But I see it. I'm looking up the... I'm, I'm looking up how much it costs to live there. I'm looking up the utilities, the school zones. I'm, I, it's, it's being constructed right now. And the idea of trading him, by the way, is something people are floating out on social media. And I'm not ready to have that conversation, but I am also not, um, I'm not ready to dismiss it if you want to have it. Um, all right. And then just to kind of go through the, the Red Wings game a little bit more, the Sabres were the better team. I thought the Sabres were the better team. They outshot Detroit in this game. Um, they did not have more high scoring chances, though. The Red Wings, 26 to the Sabres, 20 uh, shot attempts the Sabres had in their favor. Um, they, they didn't dominate them by any means, but to me, they definitely outplayed them. I, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a good game from the Sabres. They just they let it get away from them late in the third. They get a point out of it, but uh, I thought it was a, a good game overall. The blue line was moving the puck well. Colin Miller was the only one to me that kind of had a poor game overall. Everybody else played pretty well. I thought Jacob Bryson had one of his best games of the season. He, by the way, when I mentioned Darlene's aggressiveness with the puck, that's Bryson. Bryson, I mean, he is he is just, he's he's very, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very decisive. He's very decisive with the puck. He knows what he's doing with it. Sometimes he'll lose it because he's not, He's a quicker stick handler than Darlene, but I wouldn't say he's a better stick handler. He, is, he loses the puck more than Darlene does. Um, but that mental part of Bryson's game to match his skill set, 
I really like him. I would never take him out of the lineup. I hope he's a part of this team for years to come because he's not only good in my mind, I think he's fun to watch. He's really fun to watch. He's an adventure every time he's on the ice. So the Sabres, though, now have lost four in a row. They drop the game to Detroit. They get a point out of it. They've lost four in a row. They're at 12 points in 11 games played. That is two points behind Detroit, two points behind uh, Tampa Bay, who are tied for third in the conference. Um, You know, it's starting to get away from them a little bit. After a hot start, after 3-0 to start the season, they are 2-4-2. They've won two of their last uh, two of their last eight. I think this is probably the team we have, though. I think they, at best they're going to be playing 500 hockey the rest of the way, and I think what you're seeing is there are going to be games where they look good. There are going to be games where individuals look good, but Dylan Cousins had a pretty strong game against Detroit, created some good scoring opportunities, had a couple of his own, um, but they just don't have the talent. They don't have the talent, and I think they're going to fall out of a playoff race pretty quickly here. They're not going to be embarrassing. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I think they're probably even better than bottom three right now, bottom five. Um, But I think the regression has come, and uh, I think it's going to continue to look the way it's looked the last couple of games, not the way it looked in the first three games. Uh, That is pretty much it, though, for me. Uh, Sabres and Capitals tonight. What's going on with the Capitals? I know Vetchkin is scoring. Uh, Craig Anderson, by the way, is uh, dealing with an upper body injury. Uh, I, so it might be Aaron Dell in net for the Sabres tonight, or it might be Dustin Tukarski. I don't think Anderson's going to be ready to return, but I guess we'll see. Ovechkin's up to 10 goals in 11 games. He's chasing 99's record. Um, so he he uh, he's playing great, playing the most ice time, by the way, on their team. Uh, 21 minutes, 32 seconds, 36 years old, 10 goals in 11 games. I love Alex Ovechkin. He's unbelievable. Face of the league for the last 10 years. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov, also great bounce back season. He's had a, a rough couple of years in Washington, 13 points in 11 games to start the season. Uh, they needed that too, because Nicholas Backstrom has been out with an injury long-term and he will obviously not be there tonight because uh, he's hurt. Um, John Carlson, eight points in 11 games, goaltending wise, Ilya Samsonov struggling mightily this year with an 893 save percentage. In fact, Vitek Benichek has kind of been their starter after being claimed by Seattle in the expansion draft and then traded back to Washington. Um, Benichek has taken over as their starter. He's not playing amazing, but he's playing pretty well. Um, and I think maybe he'll be the guy that we see uh, for the, against the Sabres tonight. So seven o'clock puck drop, uh, me and Jordan Hanskin planning to record after the show uh, or after the game. So we'll talk to you uh, for Tuesday morning's episode. Uh, and before we head out of here, I just want to one other sponsor here to get to you. This podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate go to built.com now use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com talk to you tomorrow on the locked on sabers podcast with joe dibiase